Welcome to the Live to Love blog for December 2023. Hi, I'm Norm Wakefield. We're in our last part of a series called It's a Matter of Identity. And this is part seven, identity principle number four, in Christ. This series of blogs have come from my men's study series, Walking Worthy as Sons of God. The focus has been on who we are as sons of our fathers, and in this month's blog, the spotlight is on who we are as sons of our Heavenly Father. When God came to earth, He came as a son, not as a father, in order to bring us to God. He came to reveal the Heavenly Father to us so that we might realize that our lives are determined by our identity with Him as sons of His Father. We celebrate this Christmas season because God came to be with us in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. He is Emmanuel, God with us, as it says in Matthew 1.23. The Holy Spirit told Mary that Jesus, quote, He will save His people from their sins, close quote. That's Matthew 1.21. Did you get that? His people. Those who are identified with Him are the ones who will be saved from their sins and the wrath of God those sins deserve. How does a man know he's one of his people? The Heavenly Father directs the identity course of his sons through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. To the degree that your father's identified with the God of the universe, the Father of Jesus Christ, and honored his revelation, that is the Bible, your culture will be righteous. In contrast, To the degree your fathers identified with the God of this world, that's Satan, and honored his empty philosophies, your culture will be unrighteous. The differences between the two fathers, God and Satan, and the two cultures, righteous and unrighteous, have always produced conflict and forced an ultimate decision. You can't be friends with both because both are masters. Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount that no man can serve two masters. That's Matthew 6, 24. The Apostle James emphasized this point in his letter. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's James 4, 4. This spiritual conflict gives insight into Jesus' calling to his disciples. In Luke 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Some have wrongly concluded that Jesus was calling those in ministry to forsake their families and invest their lives 100% in the ministry. Since other passages clearly command husbands to love their wives, like Ephesians 5, 25-33, and teach and discipline their children, as in Deuteronomy 6, 7-9 and Ephesians 6, 4, such an interpretation must be dismissed. What was Jesus saying? In effect, Jesus called the sons and daughters of God to identify with his Father and with him to the sacrifice of their identity with their national and ethnic culture. It's a heart issue. Jesus must be Lord of all relationships in life. This call to discipleship hasn't changed. The radical nature of Jesus' call is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. However, there is a difference between the call to follow Jesus that goes out to everyone in the world and the calling of God the Father through the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. True believers are sons of God, and they are His workmanship. 
God, the Father, establishes a believer's identity as he works in his or her heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember the fourth principle. Our identity is determined by what our Father does or doesn't do. The Apostle Paul taught the Galatians that the presence and work of the Holy Spirit is proof positive that they belong to him and he is their Father. In Galatians 4, 6, he wrote, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Paul also encouraged the Corinthians about God's work in them. In 1 Corinthians 1, 30, But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus. The beloved Apostle John rejoiced, writing in 1 John 3, 1, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4-10, through 10, listen to what Paul wrote. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Notice the emphasis in the passage, as well as the next one. It's on the work of our Father. Our identity with Christ is established by God. Remember, 1 Corinthians 1.30, by God's doing, you are in Christ Jesus. God, the Father, adopted us through Jesus Christ. We read that in Ephesians 1, 2 through 8. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. In Christ, we have been received into God's family. And so God seals his children. The gospel provides insight into this process of sealing a child. The heavenly father seals his children and we can learn from his example. If his children need sealing, then our children also need sealing. Let's first look at some verses of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 1.22 Who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. Ephesians 1.13 In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, Having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Then Ephesians 4.30 Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The sealing of the Spirit has a purpose. 
to secure and protect saints for the day of redemption, our future hope. The Holy Spirit is the influence of the Father and the Son. He was given to us so we might know both the Father and the Son and thus experience eternal life. We read that in John 14, 16 through 21, and then John 17, 3. He guides us, that's 16, 13. Helps us, that's John 14, 16. He comforts us, that's 2 Corinthians 1, 4. He teaches us, John 14, 26. Convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's John 16, 8 through 11. And fills us with the presence of Christ. That's John 14, 17 through 21. From the Holy Spirit's ministry, we can learn how to seal our children. The Father's heart, turned to His sons, turns their hearts to Him. If God had not loved us first, the Apostle John says, we would never have loved Him. That's 1 John 4.19. Luke recorded the Holy Spirit's application of this fourth identity principle when he spoke to Zacharias regarding his new son, John, later to be called the Baptist. When fathers' hearts are turned to their sons, the sons' hearts are prepared for the Lord. That's Luke 1.17. When the Heavenly Father's heart turns to His children, He does something. He sends His Spirit to them, and their hearts turn away from identifying with the world and turn to Him. The Holy Spirit described this work as the Spirit and power of Elijah. This work of the Spirit of the Father prepares the heart for a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me ask you again four identity questions. To whom do you belong? Who is your power source? Who shapes your life? And who is your Father? And what has He done? The answers to those four questions describe your identity. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, then God is your Father. You belong to Him. He's your power source. He shapes your life. Being sons and daughters of the Father of Jesus Christ should be the defining relationship and power in your life. Believers should be peculiar to their neighbors, work associates, and friends who are living to identify with their culture. Certainly, there are some similarities. However, if they're in step with the mainstream of the nations surrounding them, what hope and good news do they have to share? Apart from their public profession and church attendance, what distinguishes them from everyone else? God's children are to be a people of vision and light because our Father has revealed His vision for us in every area of life. The Father makes the difference. Have you realized what the Heavenly Father's done or offers to you? He is the power, meaning, fullness, and life your heart has been looking for. All is found in Jesus Christ. In belonging to Christ, we belong to God, the Father. His ministry, our identification with Him, should supersede our identifying with anyone and everyone and everything else in this world. He is our Father. His power is our hope. And it is He who should shape our lives by filling us with His Spirit. You'll find the world's pull on you is directly related to the spiritual reality of your identification with God as your Father and the sealing of His Spirit. When you ignore or fail to apply the truth of your connection with your Heavenly Father, if indeed you have one, your power to resist temptation decreases. Temptation uses emptiness as an ally. 
On the contrary, when you're filled with who you are in Christ, you find inner strength to resist and stand against the onslaught from the world. Well, let's make some personal application. If you were to identify with Jesus and his Father, what do the Holy Spirit and God's Word indicate would have to change? Here's some areas of life, maybe some changes that you need to make to identify with the Heavenly Father. There's time management, financial stewardship, marriage relationship, your role in family, discipline of children, education of children, relationship with children, and moral purity. You can find that list on the blog at livetolovewithjesus.com. I would like to give you a personal prayer invitation. If you've not begun a relationship with the Heavenly Father, why wait? Go to Him now in prayer. Confess your sin of identification with others. Receive His forgiveness on the basis of His placing your sin on His Son at the cross and ask Him for the gift of the Holy Spirit whom He promised to send after His resurrection to those who repent and believe that Jesus is God's Son. It's a matter of identity. Do you want to be connected to Jesus when He returns in the glory of His Father? If so, then listen to the words of the Father quoted by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. The unclean refers to the idols of this world, the things to which people in the culture surrounding you look for happiness and power. Will you turn from those things and turn your heart fully to the Father and to His Son, Jesus Christ? You may do so right now by humbling yourself before Him in prayer. If you know you're a son of God, then continue to practice your identity confession this week. Ask Him for grace to make the changes needed in order to please your Heavenly Father. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas season enjoying Emmanuel. God with you. God sent his son to us so that we might come to him and know his presence, live in his presence, and have his life living and dwelling in us. Merry Christmas. I hope you'll consider giving gifts this Christmas, which are available at www.spiritofelijah.com and livetolovewithjesus.com. There are resources for men at spiritofelijah.com, such as Equipping Men, Practical Tools for Life's Issues. It's an MP3 download, or there's streaming video. Rising to the Call, which is Rising to God's Callings in Your Life, another MP3 download. Raised Up with Christ, Men as Prophets, Priests, and Kings with Jesus. It's in both the MP3 download or video streaming formats. Anchored in Christ, The Solid Rock and the Storms of Life is an MP3 download as well as a book or an ebook. The Walking Worthy series. It's Bible studies for men. Walking worthy as sons of God, fathers, husbands, providers, and members of the body of Christ. These are books as well as ebooks. There's the MP3 download of Marriage for God's Glory and Making Much of Jesus in Marriage. We have a study in 1 Peter called Looking Up, Faith at Work in Tough Times. There are also other resources available at spiritofelijah.com. I hope you'll check them out. 
They would be great Christmas gifts for your friends and family. Then there are books by Jerry White Jr. Four books, Fellowship with God, God Drew Near, A Disciple's Notebook One, which is excerpts from Spiritual Giants for Daily Encouragement, and A Disciple's Notebook Two. All of these books are incredible encouragements. I hope you'll check them out also at spiritofelijah.com. And then on the livetolovewithjesus.com website, there's the Live to Love book, Experience Freedom and Joy in Relationships. It's available as an ebook and audiobook as well. There's the Live to Love study guide. And then there's a video series, the Live to Love adventure series. It's available in streaming video. Well, I wonder if you would consider the Spirit of Elijah Ministries and Live to Love with Jesus in your end-of-the-year giving. Besides your own local church, which I trust you're consistently engaged in and supporting with your giving, I know there are many ministries which are worthy of your support, both in prayer and in giving. If you've received encouragement through Elijah Ministries and the Live to Love resources, would you consider supporting the ministry financially? I consider those who give to the ministry to be partners with us in calling men to turn their hearts to God by walking and living out their relationship with Jesus. Through the Live to Love book and resources, we're calling God's people to live to love with Jesus for the rest of their lives for His glory. I trust that your giving is an act of worship and invite you to become a regular monthly supporter as an expression of your joyful worship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The end of the year is also a wonderful opportunity to encourage us by a one-time gift to the ministry. You can do that at spiritofelijah.com forward slash donate. If you have been a regular or previous contributor to Elijah Ministries, thank you so much for blessing us as well as those to whom we serve and minister in Jesus' name. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for engaging with us in spreading the gospel message. I hope you'll follow my daily Live to Love Scripture Encouragements podcast available on Spotify and Apple iTunes platforms. I thought I'd post a message I presented on Christmas Eve in 2014. I hope you'll be encouraged by the most powerful words ever spoken to mankind. I will be with you. You can just go on YouTube and do a search for Emmanuel. God is with us. Norm Wakefield. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas season. It's such a special time of the year for us to remember that God gave us His Son so that we might have fellowship with Him.